this out. Well, good morning, and we are still morning. We're at the late morning, but this is Steve uh, Madden and this and pa Pastor Paul are here with the Foundations Podcast. And good morning, Pastor. How are you doing? Good morning, Steve. Uh, and we are here. We have a subject today. Today is going to be an educational podcast, and we want to make sure, uh, you know, uh, we do deal with issues like we've talked about abortion this last week. Uh, we talked about youth in the church uh, the last time, and sometimes we'll deal with social issues or, or current event issues. But we also want these podcasts to uh, to help educate and to help. When we're talking about building a foundation, so you have to have some education there, right, Pastor? I mean, we, yes, we, we, we do. We, we got to uh, pull this out. So today is, is a fun topic, and I'm going to, I think that I'm going to title this uh, are you reading the right Bible? Are you reading the right Bible? And it's saying, and, uh, and I'm over here, uh, you know, a lot of thoughts come into mind when I say that. Um, what, and I'm not saying that the Bible, or you say you should, is the Bible bad or, or anything else like that. But what we want to do is uh, we want to understand uh, well, the Bible, we, we, where it come from, and, and the fact that today we have, Pastor, how many different versions and translations of the Bible are there out there? I believe there, there's over a hundred. We have way too many. Yeah, we, we have so many out there. And the thing is, is that uh, there, okay, and let, let's start off with this. There are three different classifications of uh, Bibles right. that you can get. One would be a word-for-word -word type of translation or what have you. Um, the other is a thought-for-thought, -thought, which gets a little questionable at that point. And then you have the paraphrase type of Bible. Yes. And... Um, now and we're we're gonna we're gonna go over some terms and I, I want to kind of bring back uh, so, some of the educational terms and terminology. We'll go over that in a minute. But Pastor, what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to read the scripture verses that we were talking about. Why is this subject so important? Okay, uh, first of all, we go to Matthew five and uh, okay, and this is uh, Jesus. This is part of. Uh, what is traditionally known as the Sermon on the Mount. Mm -hmm. And uh, in, I'll start in the 17th verse. He okay. says, Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy but to fulfill. For surely I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass away from the law till all is fulfilled. 
Okay, and so in this particular passage, there, I think there was some talk about that Jesus, when he came to do his work here and die on the cross and all that, that that somehow destroyed the Old Testament. <laughs> and we, we even have individuals that sit there and talk like this and yeah. say that they, were the un, what was the word, unhinge themselves? Unhitch themselves. Unhitch themselves yeah. from the Old Testament. They may be unhinged. Yeah, they that. probably are unhinged, but they, they want to unhitch. And he says, I, he's come to fulfill it. He did not do away with the Old Testament. Well, notice what he said right there. He said, till heaven and earth are passed away. Okay. Last time I checked, we still have heaven, heaven and earth, earth right here. Yes, sitting okay. around there. So in other words, his word is, is not going to pass away. It's going to be, you know, fulfilled. And, and another thing just to say about that before we get to the New Testament, uh, there is that, and, and I understand how it could be, you know, you, you have in your Bible, every Bible, there's an Old Testament. It says, this is the Old Testament, you know, okay. so it's Genesis to Malachi. And then we start over here in Matthew to Revelation, and everybody, that's a little page separating all that, yeah. says New Testament. Okay. Sure. So I understand how that there can be a disconnect here. But the truth of the matter is, if you were living in A.D., uh, well, the well, let's just say the first century, mm -hmm. and, uh, and uh, well, let's just put yourself in the position, you're living in A.D. Uh, 45. Okay. And, uh, and this would be true almost all the way to the 4th century. What was your Bible? I mean, I mean, it was the Old Testament. Yeah, it was and, the Old in Testament. In fact, how do we know that? Well, number one is the New Testament wasn't widely circulated until we got to the third century. Uh -huh. And uh, so, and even then, when I say widely circulated, I mean it, until the printing press came, a lot of people just didn't have access to anything in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. Maybe a little bit of something that somebody copied. So. You, the Old Testament was your Bible. Yes. And Paul, along with Peter, Jude, John, everybody, including the Gospels, uh, you see all kinds of references to the Old, Old Testament. Testament because That's that was because their Bible. That was their Bible. That's why they were doing well, this it. Is, this, is, this is something, if you just take just a half a second and just breathe that in. There were people we're so used to having the whole Bible yes. run around here, and you they know. Didn't have that. But, but they didn't. <laughs> they only had the Old Testament. Okay. Yeah, so it, it, I thought it would be helpful to just bring that up because, you know, someone think, if you're watching this or listening to this, you may be thinking, what do you mean the Old Testament was their Bible? What well, it was. Yes. And and by the way, it's your Bible today. Yes, it All is. Right, it, so, it, it, nothing it, has been, uh, where heaven and earth have not passed away. No, no, it has. Uh, now, I, I just want to, I'm just throw this in for uh, uh, information purposes. When he says one jot or one tittle, will by no means pass from the law. Now, what is a jot and tittle? Well, the easiest way to define this without getting too technical is punctuation. Okay. And uh, so he was saying the punctuation on every Hebrew letter. Uh, so it wasn't just the letter itself. It was mm -hmm. even the punctuation he said would not pass away. No, we're going to put, that's going to come into play when, in a little when, bit, when, but when, I want to Paul wrote to Timothy. This yes. is going to come in. Okay. Yeah. Alrighty, so go ahead. Let's let's continue on in the scripture. Okay, uh, in Second Timothy chapter three, mm -hmm. and and uh, and what? Let me make a few observations about Second Timothy. This is the last letter that the Apostle Paul ever wrote before he was martyred. Okay, and uh, and it's probably one of the most affectionate letters that he ever wrote. 
and uh, because Timothy was his protege, he was he you know Paul was yeah. his mentor. I mean, you know, he was his son in the faith in that sense. But but in the third chapter, he talks about the last days. He mentions there being difficult times, deception, yes. oh, people with a here. form of godliness. Yes. And then the solution or the protection from that is what he wrote here. Okay. And I'm just going to read a part of it. In verse 14, he said, But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you've learned them. And notice he said, And then from childhood. Yes. Uh, we oh, we need to have our children in church. Yes. <laughs> and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Then he said, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction or training in righteousness, mm -hmm. that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. No, I, I love this scripture verse here. I, I mean, I, the the point about it from childhood, you need to, people at that point. You say you said that he's telling them you were taken as a child and you begin to read the scriptures and you through your adulthood and that's what we should be doing. Yeah, and then you know what's interesting here is that from childhood you've known the holy scripture. Mm -hmm. I believe in the New American Standard it says a sacred writings. They the reason they made a distinction there between that and verse sixteen is because there are two Greek words that he used, which I think are fascinating. Okay, because when we look at the word from childhood you know in the holy scripture, the uh, the Greek uh, uh, word there is grama, grama, and uh, which really. Um, like just grammar, pertains to right? yeah. Well, it, it's just the ideal all the word of God. Yes. You okay. Know? And uh, and and the the, the to, well the whole tenor of God's word. Okay. You know. And then when he says all scripture, the Greek word is graphe, which literally means every word. Which kind of like what word. Jesus, every jot, every tittle. In other words, every it's, word. The, it's specific. He get and then okay. uh, so you could say that all of scripture. Every jot, every tittle in the Hebrew, every punctuation mark in the Greek, yeah, uh, all every, all of it, and every word, and what every we believe word. about that, yes, is word order. Uh, well, every everything. jot and tittle. I mean, yeah, if he's I mean, talking it's, about it's, that, it's, then it's, it's the everything. Distinct, uh, you know, part of it, uh -huh. and uh, so we're not talking about the thoughts of Scripture being inspired. No. And of course, that word inspiration is, you know, God breathed. Yeah, God breathed. Be the, In other words, the, these men were moved upon, and God, yeah, God, yeah. it's the word of God. I yes. mean, yes. Well, Peter put it like this. He said, "Holy men of old were moved by the Holy Spirit." Okay. And that's probably the best way to describe verbal plenary inspiration. The yes. word God spoke. Yes. And men wrote. What wrote God it down. Spoke, what what God spoke. Okay. And uh, and that's the word uh, inspiration or God breathed mm -hmm. uh, or if, if you prefer the Greek if anybody's listening to that the anastas. Yeah. Uh, but that's what that means. God breathed. Okay. And uh, and, and so every every word in Scripture uh, and when we say Scripture we're we're talking about the original Hebrew. Okay. Or Greek. And yeah, so and, and I think we need to put, point that out, that the Bible, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew and Daniel in Aramaic. Just a little bit of little Just bit. a little bit of, in, in yeah. Aramaic. And then we have the New Testament, which was written in Greek. Yes, and by the way, that Greek was a common 
Greek, a street level Greek. Okay. Kind of like we have proper English and then we talk the way we talk. Sure. <laughs> so it was written in a way Slag. that people could understand no. it. Yeah, okay. okay. So, okay. The, uh, so we established that. Okay, now the next scriptures that you're going to read. Okay, well, first of all, we, we understand what inspiration is. Inspiration meaning God breathed, that God uh, was a part of, of the words that these men wrote down. He told them what to do. They wrote it. Do you have that Peter verse up? Uh, no, I, I went to okay. the Revelation. One. Okay, the Revelation. One. Okay, so let's 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 go because we're not we're not going to belabor it very long today. But let's read. Why is it so important that we have the right Bible that is inter that is translated properly and interpreted? Well, let's just say translated properly for our reading purposes. Because there's some warnings, and this is what the pastor's going to get uh, into. This now. is probably the most severe one. I'd like to read that Proverbs. Well, in fact, Steve, if you have that, could you find the Proverbs 30? Proverbs 30. 5 and 6. But, okay. but Similar things. But this is, what, uh, this is uh, what John wrote right here. He said, For I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in the book, and if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. So those are pretty severe there. Now, somebody could say, well, he was pertaining to what he was saying there. That is true, but there is an allusion here to all of God's word. Yeah, and, and we're going to read this. There's going to read this one here. Uh, five and six, it says, For every word of God is pure. He is a shield to those who put their trust in him. Do not add to his words, lest he rebuke you and you be found a liar. Now, that to me, that means God, when he says something, he doesn't want anybody changing it or messing with it. What he says is pure. Right. I mean, it, it's pure. And uh, and that to me that is one of the more uh, interesting ones. Let me let me just read this over here in Deuteronomy because uh, okay it, it gives a little uh, a bit of information here. It's Deuteronomy four two, and let me find it right here. And he <coughs> says, "You shall not add to to the word which I command you." And then he mentions also, "Nor take away from it." Yes. So there's a little bit more information here. And uh, and then he says, you may, you will not take away from it that you may keep the commandment of the Lord your God, which I command you. And uh, anyway, so you know, I mean, and there's other ones. There's there's another yeah. one in Deuteronomy 12 that that's similar to the. the I'm going to throw out a word, manipulate. Yes. In other words, if you take away, you add to it, you are manipulating God's word. Well, I mean, that would be a good one. Yes, I mean, uh, well, there's a warning that Paul gave, and I, I think it's 2 Corinthians uh, 4. I think that's right. It's either first or second. Okay. Where he talks about God has given us a ministry as we receive mercy. Sure. And we don't lose heart. But he said, there's two things that were said. We, we, don't, we, don't, uh, we don't lose heart. We don't adulterate. Okay. The adulterate word of God, the Word of God. The Word of God. And uh, and that word adulterate is the ideal that we don't we don't pervert it we don't yeah. we don't 
you know, twisted. We don't. So, so, do so if I give you an example of a minister, I know this is okay for, for, for somebody's preaching the word of God out there and he is taking the word and manipulating it to say what he wants it to say. Oh yeah. Well, you know, I, uh, Dr. Uh, Michael Brown, uh, this came up in my, on my Facebook page. Mm -hmm. uh, it was, uh, a video that he had shared a memory okay and uh anyway and and what the what the issue was is that uh, he played a video of a woman that claimed to have a master a divinity uh degree she didn't tell what school she graduated from uh it certainly wasn't any school that we were in part of okay uh, uh but she made this statement i know the I know the Hebrew and I know the Greek and mm -hmm. and all that and and she was railing about that there was nothing in the Hebrew Bible, there was nothing in the Greek New Testament that had anything to say about homosexuality. Oh my! And you know, and, and of course he had a response to that, which was very nice. Yeah. I mean, when I when I first had seen that video, first of all, I. I doubt very seriously that she is that educated because mm -hmm. there's nobody that understands the Greek or Hebrew that would ever be that stupid. I don't yeah. think so. Unless somebody taught you wrong. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I but, think it is And I don't want to talk about homosexuality. No, but what it's, I it's, was, it's, 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 it's a perversion of the text yeah, that's what she in did. order to accommodate somebody's preconceived ideas and belief system. Well, yeah, well, and what she did to the Levitical passage in Leviticus 18, she tried to say that was about pedo pedophilia, oh, not the other. Not and about like, the other, oh, no. Oh, come on, you're, missing, yeah. you're totally misinterpreting uh, uh, the two Hebrew words that are used for male and female there. And, uh, and it's just, I just, I, you know, and of course, anyone else that doesn't have any training yeah. in that, and we'll, we'll, I think we're going to get into some tools that you can Yes, use, we're going to talk about some tools, things. yeah. But nobody, if you don't have any training in, in biblical languages, then I can understand how somebody could be fooled by that. Yeah. And well, and this, this is, th these type of individuals are the more conniving in my I guess she for was a better adulterating word. the Word of God. Yes. And when we're saying adulterating the Word of God, she wasn't taking an English translation and trying to do it. What she was saying is she was going back into the Hebrew, which the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. Yes. And she was adulterating the Hebrew yep. that we, that's translated to English for us. Yes. And, and looking at the scenario, this is why it is so important for the layperson, for every child of God, to have a working understanding of how to properly interpret the Word of God, and yes. this is this is this this is the point we brought up back again and again and again and again. Excuse me about sound doctrine, in that and that we need to know, and that's our last seminar that we did is uh, you know how to properly interpret the Bible. Right. Now this is one area here that we're delving into a little deeper where we can bring out some of this understanding here. So, uh, and, and that's why it's important. Now, it's one thing if I have some preacher going off rail, okay, and doing some weird doctrine or telling you that you could have a Cadillac under your Christmas tree this, this Christmas. I can't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All you gotta do is give a thousand dollar offering to my ministry. Seed, God, yeah, God, and you're gonna God. break the back of yeah. poverty yeah. on yourself and then the Cadillac's gonna You're appear. probably gonna go into poverty. Maybe. Yeah, no, that, that, that's just, it's a horcus. But anyway, but the, you, that's one, one level. 
But then when you get back and we're talking about Bibles, yes, that literally, okay, uh, that actually are not or could be messed with in their translations are not properly based upon the original manuscripts. Now, when we're talking about inspiration, let's lay this down here. When we're talking about inspiration, we are talking and uh, we're talking about the original transcripts that wow. were written by these individuals when they wrote it down. We're not talking about something that somebody decided to translate uh, 2,000 years later. Right. We're talking about something for the in the original text, right. the inspiration so from Moses to John. I yes. mean, and, and, you know, everyone, you know, Moses wrote roughly the, the first, first five, five books of the Bible. Roughly, yeah. And uh, yeah. so John writing Revelation. Okay, mm -hmm. so uh, so anyone that's thinking about that. So Moses from, to John, and, and we're talking about the original manuscript that they wrote down. In other words, God spoke. Yes. They wrote it down. God moved on them by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. They wrote down what he spoke. Yes. Okay, so, um, yeah, that is what is inspired. Okay. And so, and that's Ooh. not to say that your English translation isn't God's word. Let's make that very clear. Yeah. Because they use the Septuagint in Paul's day, which was a Greek translation of the Hebrew. Mm -hmm. And since Paul primarily quotes from that. Yes. So we're not saying, I mean, he obviously viewed that as the word of God. Yes. I mean, so, but but when we're talking about what was actually God breathed, well, it wasn't the Septuagint; it was the Hebrew text, or in our New Testament, in you know the uh, the New Testament letters. Yeah. So the ori original text that, that that when God when they wrote it down. Now the whole process of translation. Let's just kind of take a look at that. The whole process of translation is the fact that this thing was uh, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. New Testament Greek, uh, Old Testament, and then the little part of Aramaic we're talking about, Daniel. And we have people that are living with, that are speaking a different language uh, than that. And so the, the scripture had to be translated into that particular language so those individuals would understand it. Right. Okay, and so it's kind of like, uh, I, I don't, uh, I've taken French and I've ta uh, taken a little bit of Spanish, but I don't speak it like that, but I can't read all of that. So I would literally need to use some sort of a tool to be, uh, nowadays, to be able to understand or to look it up in a, in a, in a uh, translation or Spanish to English or whatever for me to understand. Now... <clears throat> when we're talking about Hebrew, they these individuals who translate the Bible into particular languages, they take on a project that they're going to go through the whole of Scripture, and they're going to take the words and they're going to, uh, you know, translate the words so that the people whoever read that in their own language can understand it. So um, during that process. There is, uh, you know, and as we, we, we had talked about and said before, we have a word-for-word -word translation, which is one flavor. We have a thought-for-thought, -thought, which is another. And then we have a paraphrasing. 
that we're dealing with when it comes to all these different Bibles and translations that we have to deal with today. In your opinion, or, or, or tell us, Pastor, what do you feel is the, is the most reliable of those three? Well, you're word for word. I mean, those, any, and we're talking, and here we're going to primarily talk about English translations. Sure. Um, and, and the truth would be in any other. But but I'm just saying, but from an English translation, you word for word. I mean, you want that because if every jot and tittle, if all of God's word, grama, and every word, grafe, as Paul said, is the Holy Scripture. Yes. And that is what God breathed, then I want as close as possible in a translation to every word, word order, whatever. Okay, and that's and, that's why... This, this is where, when we talk about inspiration, we use this, this term, verbal plenary inspiration. Yeah. What that is referring to is that when you read the scripture in the original form, every word, every punctuation mark was placed exactly where God wanted it to be placed. Right. And, uh, and, and while we do not have any original manuscripts mm -hmm. of Hebrew or Greek. Yeah. If we did, and that, that would just take the equation out of all of it. Oh yeah, but, there'd but, be no but, question. That's, but that would be on a word for word. Sure. Uh, the thought for thought is, and, and we talked about being careful with this, you know, the, th the problem with the thought for thought is while they may, well, let's we'll use the NIV. Well, okay. That's one the, of the, the New International Version yeah, is, a, is thought a, a thought for thought Bible. Thought. But out of all the thought for thoughts, I will say this about this. They do seek as close as possible that they can come to a word for word, but they will interject interject a thought for thought you know and because, this this plays with your inspiration at this yeah, point and you you have to wonder is that what was that what uh, John was talking about or Moses was talking about adding or taking away you know people have to search that out for themselves I mean you know but what what, what I will say is that you know that to me and I, I'm a pastor yeah and uh, and you know, and I'm also a student of biblical languages. Mm -hmm. And from a personal standpoint, I don't use the NIV. I don't okay. use any thought for thought translation. I'm not saying it's evil for somebody else to do it, but I'm but I'm saying I don't do it. I can't. And, well, uh, when you're talking thought for thought, as I said, well, just the thoughts of the Bible are inspired. Then you start asking the question, well, which thoughts are inspired? Yeah. Uh, you know, here's the thing. When we when we get into the, this is an area that can be interesting. Well, anyway, it, it it can be dangerous because the thing is, is the Bible is our foundation yes. of our Christian faith and our belief system. Yeah, and you want to uh, have a foundation of this is what God said, mm -hmm. and this is what I'm based my life on. Yeah, I want to trust this. I want. How can I have faith in God? If, well, and this goes back to when you talk about verbal preliminary inspiration. There yes. are, well, let's just say the Assemblies of God, okay, uh, or the Baptist organization, uh, 
And those are two I'll just mention right now. Okay. They, both those organizations believe in a verbal plenary inspiration. Yes. Okay, so we're not. Yeah, we're not yeah, saying we're anything not, weird. But there are them, other denominations that do not believe in a verbal plenary inspiration. They believe that only the thoughts of the scripture are inspired. And that's where you get into really it's really easy. It's iffy because yeah. you can utilize that at that point. The word of God is can be pliable to whatever thing you want to try to tell the people. Oh, and this is what I find fascinating. And, and, and I, once again, I want to be, I don't want to be ugly in what I'm saying, but let's just say that you have a very staunch believer. I mean, really solid. And if you brought up to this individual and say, hey, would you go to a church and just believe that you know what you know the bible is just the thoughts of god's word that are inspired not the actual words themselves yeah and uh would you go to that church and and and, and i would like to think that almost any conservative bible believing christian would say no, no. That, that that because that's evil yeah and by the way if you said that's evil it is yes that is that's not god no that's the other way to say that well, then the question that I would ask is, then what Bible translation are you reading? Yeah. Because if you're reading a thought for thought, what's the difference between that and just believing the thoughts of God's Word are inspired? Yeah. I mean, there may be a small distinction there, but it's getting a little bit too close for my comfort. Well, it doesn't, it, it, it no longer is the Word of God, it's the thoughts. Of well, God. in other words, is every word yeah. inspired? I mean, that's what Paul said. He said, all scripture, all, all grafe, every word, every, every word, word. Rama was all of God's word. Mm -hmm. It's just a way of, you know, another way to say it is, you know, this is my Bible, this is Grama. Yeah. Yet, when I read it, every word is God breathed. Yeah. And if it is, then I want a translation that seeks to the best. And by the way, any translation from one language to the other is always going to have its little in particular. So I'm yeah. not trying to be a hypocrite on this. No. Even a word for word, they're just sometimes they don't have a way. But, but what we're talking language, a very you know, small. It's very small. Yeah. But very we're not, small. And yeah. we don't want to get into that. No. But, but, but the point is, so if I'm talking about the New American Standard Bible, you know, which okay. is, I use it in the new King James. Well, it's just for the word for word. King James and uh, which a lot of your older. Uh, yeah, King James. I was raised on King raised James. I was raised on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So people, you know. Yeah. That. So, you know, I understand why somebody might not want to use the King James. I get that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we need to, to really think about our comprehension skills, but that's a separate issue. Sure. Um I don't want somebody to dumb down God's word to me. So, I, mean, I, I would like to think I could think. Yes. Okay. But I use New King James and uh, and then the New American Standard. Those are the primary versions I use. Uh, the ESV is, in my mind, it's a bridge between word for word and thought for thought. Okay. So that's the English Standard e yes. version. And by the way, that is a word for word. Okay. Yeah. And then but, I know we're using 
acronyms here. So King James Version, King the, James, the new, new King, King James, James Version, New American Standard, new American Standard Version, yeah. if you're taking notes or trying to yeah, understand and, which uh, word. And, and the, and the, yeah, the English Standard Version. The, those are word for word. Amplified is a word for word. Okay. All right. You know, uh, you've got your interlinguals. Yeah, you, or interlinear the type of things. Yeah, they're, they're usually there's King James yeah. above it, and then there's the actual... My, my wife people. bought, when we were in college back together, my wife, Adina, she bought me a interlinear, interlinear my very first yeah. interlinear yeah, Bible. And I, I, well, I kind of have, it's kind of fun to go through that. You're looking at the different words, then you try to piece them together, and you're, see, you're seeing where things are just kind of written uh, right. one for one. And it, it's actually interesting. It's actually an interesting thing. But, um, but okay, so those, we're talking word for word. When we're talking thought for thought, and this is, you're getting into some serious um, uh, questionable area when you start moving into thought for thought. Yeah, and I would say your, your best thought for thought, and that's the only way I know how to say that, yeah. uh, would be the NIV. The NIV. You know, I mean, that is, I mean, is, I mean, they, they do base their translation on the most up-to-date, well, I'll say, you know, we have roughly 5,800, yeah. you know, Greek manuscripts, and everybody uses the Masoretic text in Hebrew, okay? Sure. So there's no difference between King James and NIV as far as what they're doing there. Mm -hmm. uh, but like I said, once again, it's thought for thought, so... What they're what they're seeking to do is they're trying to make this readable. Yeah. And the problem with if that's your only if that's your highest goal, I think you're missing the point yeah. of why we're trying to translate this. And then so you also have the revised standard version, the new revised standard version, you have the teenage NIV. Th those are all thought, thought for thought. thought. Okay. Okay. And, uh, and, and I was, I, I was just, I made some notes for myself, the NIV is written, uh, for someone they say that could be seven to 12 years old could understand it. Okay. The new American standard Bible, uh, which is your most accurate English mm. translation, um, uh, from the, the original languages is written from basically 11 to 16 years of age. Okay. For 11 to 16. Yeah, so, so that uh, more in your older Maybe yeah. your teenage years, younger yeah. teenage years. Okay, and okay, and yeah, we're, we're, we'll we'll go over some of these, and we're kind of I want to reiterate some recommendations as we go, but I want to take a look at paraphrasing too, just yeah. slightly. Paraphrasing are we're talking about. Now, if you think thought for thought is questionable, let's go to paraphrase. Yeah, yeah, paraphrase. <laughs> you, you paraphrase the Living Bible. The Living Bible. Yeah, and then you have the NLT, which is sort of a revision of that. Yeah. It's actually new the Bible. new, Li it's actually new translation. literal yeah. translation. Literal. They try oh, is that what I was saying? But okay. it is a paraphrase. It is a paraphrase. I mean, it is a paraphrase. It's not a thought for thought. Uh, and then you have, you know, the message. Uh, I don't like the I message. I have uh, been to churches. I have talked with people, pastors and all that love that message. And I'm going to tell you what, uh, no. <laughs> and then, well, yeah. well, then we also have, and, and, and you know, and I'm going to, well, we just need to tell the truth about things. Yes. Uh, I have met Christian people that, that are in love with the Passion Translation. The Passion Translation. 
to call it a translation, tra translation it's really not, that's not translation. It, yeah, that, that that you know, I won't put what I put down on paper about that. Okay, um, but the Passion Translation is there is no committee there. There's one man. And he claimed, by the way, they used to have videos about this on the internet. They took them all down yeah. uh, as it relates to the Passion Translation. But, but he claims that he got caught up to heaven. And, the, and Jesus told him that the New Testament was written in Aramaic, not Greek. And then he says Jesus taught him Aramaic. And, uh, and then so that's his translation there's no difference between that and what Joseph uh, Smith, Smith did with the Book with, of Mormon. Yeah, the Book of Mormon, you know, and uh, oh my goodness! And so, if you're using a Passion translation, I don't. I, the best way I could say this is get rid of that and go get you a real Bible. Yes, that's not a Bible. Okay, no, and you see that that's why we're here. Is where we need to bring these truths out. And this understanding out, this information, you you know, I mean, would you read the Book of Mormon? No. If you want to talk about adding to the Word of God, we're talking the Book of Mormon. Yeah, or or, or, or any the, culture. The Jehovah Witness. Jehovah Witnesses. When they sit there and they they what they do is they change, they add, they delete uh, portions of the Bible to fit their theology, and. Uh, and we read scriptures about how you scripture, do that, you know. No, so, God, uh, God has not put up with that, and that's very evident by His Word. Okay, so um, we have these different flavors that we 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 have out there, and let's talk for a few minutes since I'm just kind of taking a look at the old clock. Is that let's talk about tools? Okay. Okay, I'm a, I'm I'm a layman. I, ha, I I I have no interest in going to Bible college for five before four to six years or whatever, and and getting a degree in this and all this. But I really am a student. I consider myself a student of the Bible. Now, if that is the person, that's what a lot of our people are. That they, they want to be students of the Word of God, and. Every student or every person who is doing this needs to have the right tools when it comes to the Word of God. Now, number one, I'm not saying nothing to add on to. You know, the, the thing is, is, let's talk for a minute about commentaries. What's a commentary? Well, a commentary is just someone who's trying to, to explain to you uh, the text of the Scripture. I mean, you know... Uh, they might be giving you the background to it. They may be giving you a lot of extra information that uh, you may be unaware of uh, that deal with the culture, the city, the, the peoples of that time. You know, so the, what all it's doing is just seeking to give you a background. Okay. And, and, and they want to, well, depending on what kind of commentary you have, someone will just tell you this is what it means. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, which is a little well, it can be scary because yeah, then you get in, into I, I interpretation. I don't use a lot of commentary, okay, uh, anymore because I just you know, if we if we apply and we've talked about this many times, if you apply proper hermeneutics to a passage, uh, most of what you need to know, you can find out. I mean, it's amazing what you have access to on the internet today. Yeah, you can Google something. Yeah, so fine. I mean, there's, I mean, yeah. having, I'm not, I'm not interested in, in someone telling me what I need to understand about this. 
I mean, I'm not saying I won't use them at all. I mean, yes, I, uh, the Fire Study Bible is uh, interesting. Donald Stamps was the, uh, uh, the, the, those are the notes that he used when he was a missionary. Okay. Because they were doing in their Bible colleges and people said, hey, look, put this down. Everybody can use this. You okay. know what I mean? And so there's, I, I like him. He was a symbol of God. And so it doesn't mean I agree with all his commentary about it in the study Bible. Sure. But sometimes he can bring out things that are very fascinating. Of course, I double check it. I check everything. Okay. And that's what, I think that's what everybody should be able to do. Yeah. But what, uh, as a lay person, I should have the right tools to be able to double check it. Well, you know, let's, let's, let's talk about what some of those tools could be. Um, you know, on the internet, Bible Gateway. Bible Gateway. You know, they the have internet. tools there. And, and I think you can even use the Strong's. Strong's and Concordance. That's, and that's all free to you. Yes. I mean, uh, you know, you can, I mean, that, that to me, that's a basic level. And and some people may never want to get past that. First of all, I want you to, if you've got a word-for-word -word translation, you need to trust what you have. Yes. That is God's Word. Absolutely. Okay? And so don't mistrust it. But if you want a deeper understanding, say, well, like when I gave in Second Timothy uh, chapter 3, and we talked about the different words that Paul used, the difference between grama and grafe. Yeah. Those are, you, you can find that. That's but, but you see, when, when you begin to, to read the original language and you can look at those words, understand the, def, the uh, definitions or what those particular words mean, and then you start reading the, and you put it together as you're studying it, mm -hmm. um, this really, okay, the, the Bible says, well, well, we talk about that the Word of God is a living. Yeah, it's, it's alive. Well, what, what was, is it Hebrews that says the Word of God? Hebrews 4, I think 4.12, the Word of God is alive and powerful. Is alive and powerful. Yeah, it's sharp. Sharper than two-edged uh, two sword. Yeah. You know, and, and the thing is, is that when you begin to pull that out, the word of God becomes alive. I mean, I mean, you can tell how it's alive. I could because I can go to a verse one day, look at it, and think, okay, I know what it means. But then I go another time and I look a little deeper, or I look at the, and then all of a sudden, this the understanding comes out. I I, I understand it a lot better. Now, when uh, okay, tools we're talking about like maps and, uh, you know, and uh, frankly, when I was in um, college, I studied archaeology. Well, I actually went over on an archaeological tour, so. But the thing is, is that when we talk about archaeology, sometimes you, when you look at cultures of that time, when you look at um, uh, the different areas of where this is, the different maps, or this is over here, Jesus went to see a Galilee, um, you know, even even to the point, I'm just one of the things coming to mind is that they brought us to the place where Jesus gave the Sermon on the Mount, and they the we looked at it and the acoustics of that mountain where people were just sitting on back in the day, and he was giving his uh, sermon was. I mean, the, the, the uh, audio, you know, the, yeah. the sound effect, you could hear somebody could talk in a regular tone at the bottom of the hill, and you could hear them just as clear as day at the top. And that's probably why he picked that, well, I, that was why he picked that place. I mean, he made that place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and uh, now, you know, and we, 
and, and we also want to give people information because somebody may be watching this, they may be listening to this and say, you know, I like the idea of the strong stuff and I, maybe they even have it, but they're like, well, okay, well, what kind of, Bi there's Bible programs that you can purchase. Okay. Now, these things are going to cost you money. Okay? Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, there are different ones that you can get, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, but but there but if you if you want to go is well let's just say you want to go deep. I mean, you want something that really you can study scripture. Maybe there's someone here that's in college. Uh, you know, yeah. maybe they're studying biblical languages. Mm -hmm. If they do, they probably already have access to this. But logos. Uh, a Bible Logos. It's, it's really that's the Cadillac. Great. I mean, that tool. is the the Cadillac, and uh, and, and I'm just going to tell L O G O S. People, yeah, yeah, and <laughs> <laughs> so if you're gonna, you know, if you're serious about that, you could go to logossoftware.com and. And they have all kinds of. They have all that you can even get in there. I, I was able to get in there for free. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sign have, in, right? Uh, an account, and then you can get in there, and they got tools you can play with yes, right away. Yeah, they have some basic tools, and by the way, those basic tools are much better than a strong coordinates. Yes, and you know, but okay, and I'm going to bring it back to when I was in college and I was learning Hebrew. We had to buy or part of the, the curriculum or the books that you got, I had a Hebrew Bible, the Biblica Hebraica mm -hmm. Hebrew Bible. That thing, it was big enough to hit somebody <laughs> in the head with. Anyway, and so, but uh, it was all the original. You look in there, it's Hebrew. It's Hebrew. And then the other tool was a Hebrew lexicon. So what you would do is you would look it up, you'd take a look at this word or whatever, and then you would go back to the lexicon and look it up so that you could understand the word and what the words were saying there. We even now, some a lot of people may not want to get that deep, but the thing here is, is that if you really are a student of the word, you don't have to go to college to be a student of the word. You can be, you know, you can get uh, some tools and another thing is, if you like to hold books in your hands, like some of us do, uh, and not instead of the internet, the internet makes things wonderful. Oh, yeah. I mean, quick and easy, and looking up and search and and all that. But if you really want something to hold in your hand, I recommend Christian book distributors. Yeah, you can buy a Vines uh, uh, expository dictionary. Yes. Uh, and 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 by the way, I have that on software as well. But yeah. But I mean, you can buy that. I, I actually have a hard copy of it. Mm -hmm. uh, I never use a hard copy anymore because I don't you don't need it. But 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 if you like a hard copy, you can buy that. Yes. And uh, and Vines is pretty good. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, uh, and and then you have other you know you have other tools that you can use and. Well, we got like concordances. The okay, the but if, if the concordance to me, if the concordance brings out the history and the background of the time of the of the writing and the and the and the country or whatever or whatever's going on and all that and brings that histor historical thing, that's great. Yes. If it starts getting into interpreting things for you, I would say, yeah, let me go check it out for myself. One of the things uh, that I love, and like I said, I don't know what level of access you have on the free version on the internet, but mm -hmm. on the Logos software, and of course as a pastor, I've made a bigger investment in that. Yeah. But that's not the point. 
Um, I like the fact uh, that in the lexicons that I have available, whether they're for the Hebrew or the Greek, um, it they're so detailed in giving me other access to other lexicons that are interrelated where you just take your mouse, scroll over, and you can either pop it on and, you know, you know, look at it, or you could just look at a box. Yeah. So it, it really, there's, that is, that's one of the reasons why I try, anyone that's serious about Bible study, I point them to the Logos system. Sure. Just simply because it is the most, if you're fascinated with biblical languages, mm-hmm. um, you know, and once again, the Bible was written in Hebrew, a little bit of Aramaic, and Greek. And so, you know, if you're fascinated with having maybe a, you know, just a deeper level, that's one of the great things you can do. Uh, they also have a, 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 a the PC, it used to be called the PC Study Bible. I think it's called uh, something else now. I think it's called BibleSoft. Okay, BibleSoft, I heard yeah, of that. BibleSoft, yeah. and, and I have that as well. Mm-hmm. And I really like it because it's got some of the, like the Dakes Bible. Okay. And uh, Now, the Dakes Bible, understand this. I mean, Dake was Pentecostal. So if you're not Pentecostal, you probably don't want to invest in that. All right, but I mean, I've got the Dakes, and you know, it's got the Fire Bible notes, and sure. all that stuff, and I've got a hard copy of both of these. Yes. And why well, I say that, I think I've given all my Dakes Bibles away, but I, but I have it on software. But I do have a Fire Bible. I have hard mm-hmm. hard, hard copy of that. Now, as a pastor, and I'm going to speak this out here because we're kind of winding it. Um, as a pastor, if I'm a student of the Word, if I'm if people in your congregation are really apt to want to study the Bible. And if they have any questions or any concerns, that a, a lot of a lot of people will sit down and talk to you. I remember this the other day, just coming in here. One of your uh, one of the people wanted to talk to you about uh, uh, what was end times or what yeah, have you. Yeah, yeah. And you you made time to sit down and discuss it with him. And by so, the way, that was a fascinating conversation. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. And but the thing is, is if your pastor, uh, I mean. As a pastor, I think that probably is part of the job, don't you think? A part of the, uh, to help the congregation yes. understand the Bible properly. Yes. And if they have any questions, they can always just reach out. And I mean, even here at the Foundations Podcast, with our, if, if you all have any questions about it, you can send us a message or a text. Yeah, we'll, uh, we're we'll on Facebook. All you got to do is like the page then, and interact with us. Uh, and we, we can uh, help you know answer those questions, um, but okay let's let's go back and let's uh, for, for, let's go ahead and kind of rewind here and summarize. We talk about word for word is going to be your best option. The again, what are the Bibles that you recommend? Okay, King James, King New James, King James. New American Standard, or, or the English Standard Version, or what was normally called the ESV. ESV, okay. Those are word for word. Okay. There are a few others, but those are the, your basic. Okay. Now, and uh, and another thing, you got to read your Bible. <laughs> and well, yeah, a... <laughs> well, I mean, you, you can have any kind of word for word translation. Yeah. I mean, you, well, this, way, I, this right here that I read from is a New, uh, New King James. Okay. And, uh, I, and I, those that's I, between the New King James and the the New American Standard uh, Bible. Those are the two I primarily use in church Bible study, and uh, and I do I, well. My 
Logos program. I mean, I've got access to all kinds of stuff. But, okay. uh, but, but you know, these are the ones that I primarily use. And, and but, but as I've told people, if you don't read it, if you don't study it, you can have all the word-for-word translations that you could ever have or want. They don't do any good. No. You know? I mean, you can take this Bible yeah. right here, and you can go to, you can put it under your pillow and sleep with it. It won't do you a bit of good. Yeah, it's, a, it's a kind of like we used to uh, they make a joke about taking your textbook at college or at school, putting it and sleeping on it underneath your pillow and thinking that through some sort of osmosis it was going to work its way it. into your head. Yeah, that, that's, that's not the way. That, 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 that is, does not happen. Um, okay, and the recommended tools, we talked about the Logos, L-O-G-O-S software. You can find that online. Um, Bible Gateway is online. Yeah, and that's has free. Some, uh, and that's all free. Uh, you can, Like I said, you can also get a free version of the Logos uh, software and kind of get a login and go play with some of that stuff as well. Uh, we recommend if you want real handheld type of things, Christian Book Distributors has a lot of it. Uh, Pastor recommended Vines or Strong's, or Strong's Concordance. Uh, I even say that if you're really serious about it and want to get into the, the languages, to actually go ahead and buy a Hebrew Bible and get a lexicon. There are several lexicons that will give you the exact words and exactly what those words mean in the Hebrew language or uh, Greek as well. Uh, we'll mention that. So those are the kind of tools that uh, uh, we recommend. But the thing is, above all, is we need, as Christians, as we need to be students of the Word of God. Students of the Word of God. Because b bottom line is that if we don't know it, if we don't know the Scriptures, we've talked in several podcasts of how people can be deceived and, and, and uh, you, you know, some guy could come up there and preach to you a bunch of stuff that you don't, that is not true, not, the, not from God, and you wouldn't know better if you didn't know the Word of God. So that's what we rule, or what's, that's what we measure, every word that is spoken by the Word of God. So that's why it's so important. Um, okay. Anything else, Pastor? Yeah, I, I, was, I was just thinking when you were talking there, and of course, once again, uh, I, I love biblical languages, and there was a song on the radio, and, and so I, what I was doing, well, it may seem strange, but, uh, but if you sing a scripture in another language to a tune, yeah. it helps to reinforce it. It does. And, and by the way, you can do that in any language. I mean, I, that's not bad. So I was uh, singing the uh, Colossians 4, uh, 2, uh -huh. and it was neat how I was able to mimic it with the music. And uh, and it was, it was it's, you know, so anyway, that but th there's all kinds of ways to, to, when you study Scripture, make it come alive. Use it in your everyday, I'm, I'm talking your English. Yeah. Use it in everyday scenarios, you know. Memorize the Scripture, speak it. Mm -hmm. to yourself and then share it with other people Yeah, and it'll become more meaningful to you. I, I remember in my Hebrew classes back at college, the professor, he would have us sing. We would, we would literally have to sing in Hebrew. Yeah. And that was, uh, that was quite but, but the... It, uh, it, it's, it's fascinating how powerful it is and what's neat is when you do that, you're not thinking of what it means in the English because you already associate what it means in that language. Yeah, and uh, and that's hard to do. I mean, on a level because it because 
any language is hard mm -hmm. to get to the place where you can think in that language without yeah. having to think in what, you know, but that's a separate issue there. Yeah. Well, that's great. Okay. Well, but again, like I said, this is educational. Make sure you're, you're reading the right Bible. Be careful of anything that's thought for thought or paraphrasing. Uh, it's better to get a word for word, folks. Uh, you, you know, you, you, I, you don't want to mess with things. But um, anyway, but uh, this is an understanding as we are learning in God and as our discipleship, this is, this is all a part of this of how we need to be students of the word. We need to love to, word, uh, to, to read the word of God. We need to enjoy it. This is a part of our lives. We need to know how to study it. So if you ever have any questions, again, let us know. God bless you all. We'll be back next week with another podcast. And uh, y'all take care. Have a great week in God.